The Medical College of Wisconsin Office of Student Health and Wellness presents Well, 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 where each episode a very special guest and I discuss what it means to be well in the world of health science education. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Well, Well, Well. I am excited and inspired by this next topic of plant-based lifestyle. Our special guest is Dr. Ken Jacobson. Dr. Jacobson is a professor in the Department of Urology at MCW. He is fellowship trained in minimally invasive urologic oncology and board certified in urology. He specializes in robotic and laparoscopic surgery for benign neurologic diseases. Dr. Jacobson has extensive clinical experience in the diagnosis and treatment of prostate cancer, including open, laparoscopic, and robotic prostatectomy, as well as experience with cryosurgical ablation of the prostate. He's the Director of Division of Lifestyle Medicine within the Center for Disease Prevention and Research at MCW. I hope you enjoy this episode. Be well. Thank you, Dr. Jacobson, so much for being here today on Well, Well, Well. Uh, We will get started with the usual icebreaker. What's one way that you've been promoting your wellness or taking care of yourself recently? Uh, Well, thank you for having me. Um, I would say what I've been doing lately uh, that's a little bit different for me is yoga nidra. Um, or NSDR, non-sleep deep rest. These are both uh, pretty similar forms of meditation. It's a mindfulness practice for sure. Um, But it's really good boost to energy. Like you kind of get into that restful space without being asleep. And um, it's been a good discovery for me recently. Wow. How do you, how do you work up or practice the, the non-sleep deep rest? Do you start with shorter periods of time or how do you kind of work up to that? So I always, it's a guided uh, event. So there's lots of good YouTube videos out there. Um, And most of them are at least 10 minutes at a minimum. Um, there's a woman named Allie Boothriode. I'm certainly pronouncing her last name wrong, but if, if your listeners just put in NSDR or Yoga Nidra, N-I-D-R-A on YouTube and Allie, A-L-L-Y, they'll find her. She's all over the place. She's got a lot of great content. Uh, Andrew Huberman, who's got the Huberman Lab podcast, has had a lot of data out on this. He's got a little bit of NSDR too. And, um, yeah, it's amazing. You can get to 10 minutes and you didn't even know it happened. Uh, but usually I try to aim for something more in the 25 to 30 minute range. Sure. I do recall when I was in the Peace Corps in Bulgaria, I was having a hard time sleeping and I went to see one of the doctors, the Bulgarian doctors, and they had actually suggested um, the NSDR specifically after my work day. Um, yeah, it's a it's a very old practice, actually. Um, and I think really just starting to get a little bit of new attention. Uh, but a lot of people think it really helps with sleep. It helps with insomnia. It helps sort of wind down the, the <laughs> a busy work day and a, and a busy mind. And I'm really enjoying it. Love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, So Dr. Jacobson is here with us to talk about the benefits of a whole food plant-based lifestyle. So just to kind of level set Dr. Jacobson, there's veganism, vegetarianism, the pescatarian diet. What is technically then considered plant-based when we're talking plant-based diet? 
Yeah, so um, plant-based would be someone who eats foods which are exclusively from plants. Now, I would make a differentiation there between plant-based and whole food plant-based. So whole food plant-based would mean minimally to unprocessed foods. Think things that don't need a label um, because you know what they are when you look at them. Whereas plant-based, and this is, you know, sort of semantics, would include uh, processed foods. So Beyond Meat Burgers, uh, Oreo cookies, uh, sugary sweetened drinks, sodas, etc. Veganism is an ethical uh, philosophy and belief to do as little harm as possible to animals and isn't necessarily a diet, though a plant-based diet would be considered a vegan diet, though, uh, again, veganism is an attempt to do as little harm as possible. So you could include junk foods, um, but would also um, be looking at things like not wearing leather or, um, you know, using other animal products like gelatin. Um, and then vegetarians, uh, again, similarly, not necessarily a philosophy based upon health. It's a philosophy to not eat animal flesh, but vegetarians uh, typically will consume dairy uh, and eggs. Right. Well, I did not. I did not realize that distinction at all between, as you were saying, more of like the moral um, drive toward veganism and vegetarianism than plant based is really coming from like a health perspective more so. Right. And it's, it's not that these things don't overlap because sure. they absolutely can. Uh, and many vegans will say that they're in for all the reasons they want. They want their they want better health. They want uh, better for the animals and they want better for the environment, but, um, but they are, they can be in distinct ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. So can you highlight some of the health benefits then of a whole foods plant-based diet? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, plants in, in the way nature produced them coming out of the ground are naturally anti-inflammatory and they contain lots of vitamins, minerals, nutrients, antioxidants. So think of them as health promoting. And really, pretty much anything we eat is either going to be um, healthy for us or not healthy for us. There's very few things that would fall sort of in the middle of being neutral. Um, so, so when we think about eating a whole foods plant-based diet, it's really the only way... Um, and I'm not talking about necessarily exclusively, but predominantly a whole food plant-based diet is the best way to prevent chronic Western illnesses. That's heart disease, diabetes, arthritis, high blood pressure, hypertension, many malignancies, um, or to reverse those conditions once they've already developed. Um, and there's great data on reversing diabetes. I've seen that in my own family. There's great great data on stopping coronary artery disease, which of course is the number one cause of premature death in this country. Um, And then we see all sorts of other things. People feel well, they have more energy, they're leaner, uh, their, their exercise recovery is improved compared to people eating the standard American diet. Their arthritis 
improves. I have so many patients who I can convince to eat plants uh, for a variety of reasons, and we don't even talk about their arthritis, and they come back and like, you know, my joints feel better. I've never felt so good. Um, and sort of a little bit more uh, out there is, uh, you know, leaning again towards the animal rights picture is that a lot of people who change to a plant-based diet find that they're then living a lifestyle which is actually much more in tune with their ethical and moral beliefs. And that does come as a surprise to some people who perhaps came in from a nutritional standpoint, um, but is a reason that a lot of people stay. Right. What would you say? I know I'm sure you've heard these a million times, those common sort of beliefs like you can't get enough protein on a plant based diet or as a vegan. Um, I I guess, how do you describe like the the being able to get that balanced sort of nutrition on plant based or how do you argue against some of those beliefs? Yeah. So so protein is interesting because. The desire, the need to eat protein, the desire to eat protein is a relatively new fixture in really even in American culture. I mean, we weren't serving protein bars when I was a kid growing up. Mm-hmm. And there was no time uh, when uh, there was mass protein deficiency. Um, and there still isn't a time of mass protein deficiency. So this concept that we are short on protein if we don't eat meat is entirely a marketing problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say problem because it's not true. It's really, in fact, a myth. The largest land animals on the planet, think uh, gorillas, cows, giraffes, uh, bulls, uh, the list goes on. These are plant-based animals. And they're huge and they live a long time without chronic disease and they're incredibly strong. So we can build muscle, we can build healthy uh, bodies uh, that don't accumulate chronic disease by eating exclusively plants. And, you know, this protein uh, obsession has become so ingrained uh, that it's very, very hard for people to break away from that truth. But the reality is, and this one may shock some of your listeners, is that there's no population in the history of the planet that is a high-protein-consuming population that has longevity. They just don't live a long time. And in fact, it's low-protein diets um, which equal longer, healthier lives. Now, there's no question that eating a lot of protein is one way to build uh, huge muscles as a bodybuilder, but that's not most people. It's really right. just not. Right. Yes, of course. Well, um, myth busted. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, what might be some of the benefits besides human health of eating a whole foods plant-based diet? Well, there's no question that uh, we need a healthy planet in order to have healthy people. And uh, there are debates about whether uh, the oil and gas industry or or the animal agriculture industry is a larger contributor to climate change, but there's no question that those two are one and two. And so um, we are just absolutely destroying the planet. Most experts would say we're very close uh, to the point of no return. 
Mm-hmm. And so we have a choice. Ultimately, probably more powerful than our vote is what we do with our is our is the votes we make with our dollars on a daily basis. And so, um, you know, shifting away from an animal-based diet is essential for the health of the planet. In fact, the Eat Lancet Commission came out in 2019 as an international group of scientists and said that we must make massive shifts away from red meat and dairy by 2050 um, or we'll have irreversible changes to the planet. Um, and then, of course, I mentioned the, so some of the benefits to animal animals, right? So it's incredibly cruel, the animal agriculture industry. There is no such thing as humane animal slaughter. Um, you know, this vision of cows grazing out under the tree right. um, or chickens roaming on the plains is not the 99.5% of animal agriculture. It's absolutely brutal industry, and it consumes massive amounts of antibiotics. More than 80% of the antibiotics consumed uh, in this country go to animal agriculture because of the horrible living conditions and massive infections, which otherwise would destroy uh, many of those animal populations, but it contributes massively to animal resist to, to antibiotic resistance. And I'm sure most of our listeners are aware of the problem, increasing problem of antibiotic resistance. And so, you know, we benefit by not contributing and it may seem small if only one person's doing it, um, but big changes happens uh, with one person. Right, right. I know in our previous conversation, I brought up sort of like, you know, I'm thinking about Wisconsin specifically and culturally, right? Plant-based um, is is not usual. I'm thinking dairy, our dairy industry and how much dairy we consume. But I think too, there's a lot of people who might be plant-based curious, I'm calling it, right? So um, maybe they haven't dove in, but it's something that's intriguing to them. Um, they'd like to give it a try. Like what's something you want those folks to know about moving well, into it? So, so, well, I, I put two comments on this. So number one, you mentioned the dairy industry and we didn't really get into dairy. Dairy sure. is not a health food, right? So ma- right. adults are not intended to consume the lactated product of another animal. I mean, this is growth formula, right? Nature's intended uh, milk to grow a baby cow to a full-size cow as as fast as possible. And when we consume growth formula and we're full-size adults, um, bad things happen. So we grow cancers, we grow waistlines, lots of disease accumulates. That doesn't mean it doesn't taste good. It doesn't mean it's entirely devoid of nutritional value, but it does a lot of bad things. Um, and so a lot of people, I hear people, a lot of people say, well, I'm addicted to cheese. You know, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't do it because I, because I love cheese so much. Well, you know what? You could probably do anything for one month. Um, and so I'd encourage anybody who's thinking about it to go all in for one month. It's really not as hard as you think. And, you know, uh, we made this change at our house kind of overnight, which is a little bit unusual. Most people get to these things slowly. And I don't think there's, it's wrong to go slowly by any means. Um, but we did it, uh, I, we did it on sort of a challenge. Could we do it for one week? 
Um, and I think we ate hummus wraps for dinner seven days in a row. <laughs> right. Um, but we survived. Actually, we thrived. And probably two days in, it was like, we, I had no idea I could feel so good. And wow. that's just one of these things that, like, you don't know you're feeling bad until you're not feeling bad. And so if anybody out there is thinking about it, you have nothing to lose by saying, I'm going to try it for one month. Um, best of my ability. If I make a mistake, if I don't have a perfect meal, if I, you know, uh, fall off the wagon for a day, I'm just going to keep going. And then you can reassess when you're a month in and you've gotten through the learning curve and you've found a couple recipes that you like to say, um, is this, is this a better place for me or not? You know, because it would be terrible to look back 20 years later or 30 years later, having accumulated some chronic disease and having never tried. Right. And that question might have been a little biased because I myself am a cheese lover, <laughs> yeah. but definitely have been um, curious about uh, a plant-based lifestyle and that that there is that cheese barrier for me too. But I do like this idea of, yeah, taking it a month at a time, or as you said, even a week at a time. Um, you know, we used to eat a lot of cheese at our house. I mean, yeah. we would get the big block of Swiss cheese from Costco on a weekly basis. That yes. was the afternoon snack was cheese and cheese and crackers. Yes. And the reality is the cheese, cheese has addictive properties. There's something called casomorphins, which are in cheese. Um, this is really in dairy, but um, they, it's basically morphine-like uh, properties, which keeps the baby cow coming back to mom. Um, and we're no different. And so when people say, I feel addicted to cheese, I mean, it's not the same as like, you know, a nicotine addiction, but yeah, you're drawn to it. And um, the key is to focus on what you can eat, not what you can't eat. And I will tell you, yes. I have no interest in cheese anymore. And we used to eat it every day in abundance. It's just, it's not even my gut microbiome has changed. My cravings have changed understanding what cheese actually is was eye-opening to me um and and it's no longer of an interest right wow I, I would can, have never I can get there that. someday yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to envision when you're in that cheese lifestyle you know <laughs> but sure. afternoon snack for me too yeah cheese it never fails so okay this is this is hopeful news <laughs> um I know our listeners, uh, MCW learners, time is always like of the essence, right? Like any way that, that things can be done in the most convenient, efficient way. So do you have any thoughts specific to like plant-based diet, um, balancing inconvenience, any, uh, for lack of a better word, hacks, I guess, as far as like, you know, having what you need on hand so that you aren't grabbing quick meals that may include meat product or dairy? Yeah. So preparation and a little bit of planning is key, but that's essential for anybody who wants to eat a healthy diet, right? Sure. The, the quick and easy or live a healthy life period, right? The quick and easy choice, whether it's nutrition or sleep or exercise or stress, the quick and easy choice, almost always the unhealthy choice. Mm -hmm. So we have to do a little bit of planning. So, you know, the keys for us at our house, number one, is we almost always cook more food than we're going to eat in that meal. So most days of the week, my lunch is leftovers uh, from dinner. Um, if we're making a soup or a chili or a stew, 
we're cooking a triple batch and we're going to intentionally freeze, you know, size portions that are a dinner appropriate. So, you know, if I make a big pot of chili, I'm going to eat that for three days and I'm going to have three or four days worth of frozen meals. So those are ready to go. And it's really no more time to cook a triple batch of chili than it is to make one batch of chili. Right. Um, certain things will keep really well for a week. I love, we love making power bowls. So, you know, uh, any sort of whole grain like rice will stay in a Tupperware for five days in the fridge. You can get shredded carrots. You can get a bag of mixed greens. Um, any kind of beans go great. Um, and if you have a dressing, you have a balsamic, you've got some hummus. Um, you can just throw that stuff together, mix and match. We'll put olives on there. Um, I love sweet potatoes. So into sweet potatoes lately. You can put five sweet potatoes in the oven. Nothing prep needed other than to wash them 45 minutes and they're done. And those will keep for five days. So, you know, you can easily put stuff together. But it's just a matter of saying, hey, look, I'm going to think about the next meal here or the next couple meals. And so I'm going to make some extra food and the beauty of plant-based meals is they're not going to spoil in four to five days. I mean, we, we used to be eating animal products, you know, day old chicken. No, thank you. No, right. thank you. That was just disgusting. And so we were wasting a lot more, which actually meant our food bill was a lot higher. Oh, good point. And yeah. we were running to the store every day or almost every day to go get the meat for the, for the dinner. So we make fewer trips to the store. The food lasts longer and we waste less. And yeah, it might take an extra few minutes of chopping um, to get the meal together. It doesn't have to. There's some shortcuts. You can have a food processor or a chopper or whatever. Um, but but uh, we save money and it's less work in the end. Right. Um, you were kind of getting into this, some specific foods, but what is your favorite uh, whole food plant-based recipe? Ooh, well, we eat very seasonally, so we try to eat what's what's kind of, you know, in season. We have a big garden in the summer, um, so it just kind of depends. It's hard to beat a homegrown tomato, mm -hmm. um, and we grow a lot of tomatoes, and so a couple times a year when the tomatoes are, are plentiful, we'll make a bruschetta, the vegan bruschetta, that would just, you know, it's amazing. I yeah. 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 It sounds delicious. And I agree about the tomatoes. I remember as a, as a kid eating tomatoes, like apples, like straight out of yeah. the garden. And, oh yeah. Love that. Um, so if students are so inspired by this conversation, they have questions, they want to connect with you. Um, how can they reach you? Yes. Yeah, so email is probably the easiest way. Um, uh, I can put the email in the show notes. Yeah. Fine. Perfect. So I will put your email in the show notes. It will be there for listeners. Thank you so much, Dr. Jacobson. I feel like for me personally, this is inspiring. I'm definitely going to take on the challenge of a month of Whole Foods plant-based. I think that's an amazing place to start. And I'm sure that the listeners appreciated all of this great information as well. It's going to change your life. I'm excited to hear how you do.
thanks for tuning in to another episode of Well, Well, Well. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any thoughts or ideas for the podcast, or you might feel passionate about a wellness topic you'd love to chat about as a very special guest, never hesitate to reach out to me on my MCW email. I leave it in the show notes. And we want this podcast to really be meaningful and valuable to you, our listeners. Thanks, everyone, and be well.